0: Okay, go ahead and flip in your Bibles to 1 John 3, and when you are there, you can go ahead and stand because we're going to read together. God is so good how he brings things together, lines things up. Today we are talking about the love of the Father and why we need it. Why the person next to you needs it more, right? You don't really need more of God, the Father's love. It's the person next to you, right? Your spouse. Your spouse. All right, First John 3, are you there? Do you know what's beautiful is I heard some real actual pages flipping. That's a cool sound. We're just going to read the first three verses. You could follow along with me. It says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Can you say lavished? That we should be called children of God. Say children and that this is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. It's your destiny. It's where you're going. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope You have that this morning, that you're a child. In him, purify themselves just as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. All right, you may be seated. I want to start with this question before we jump in. Once again, you can tell that I'm the director of worship here. I'm not the main speaker. I have no slides for you today, which is a bummer. That's my own thing. So really what I'm asking, I know it sounds kind of funny. I was just feeling this in the worship. My prayer is that as a family, we open up the text. This is probably our goal every Sunday, but today that we would encounter him. And so I feel like the spirit is going to be speaking so many different things. So it's your job to, yes, listen to me, please stay focused. But secondly, receive from the father. And even if you just get one thing from the father, so just, I hope you catch one thing. (laughs) But I want to start with this question. If you were to experience complete liberation, freedom from your own self, having discovered unshakable security in the Father's love for you, no longer had to grapple with insecurities, how much more do you believe you could accomplish for the kingdom? How much more selflessly could you lay down your life for others? So that's what I want to go after today is talking about the love of the father. I want to share some stories Um, This was a fun week because when alex invited me to speak it was one of those we're in between series So every now and then it will be like whatever's on your heart I had certain ideas, but then this really was a message of like All of those ideas weren't sticking but then in the background personally, there's been deep things going on with the lord and I was like all right, I'm going to take a risk and just be transparent. Just this is what's been going on in me, and I hope that we can learn something together. And so what came to mind was the love of the Father. Specifically in writing this, I was feeling more than ever, I feel like God is looking for a church that is free. Why? Because there is kingdom work to be done. And I can, I can probably only speak this way towards myself. I really did have this thought and, it, and it, this is how this question came, came to life, was how many times, how many days, how many minutes, how many hours, I've been set free from so many things, but how many little insecurities hold me back? How many little insecurities come into my life that I have to stumble over, and I waste time figuring those out? I, I mean, that's the language I used. I'm not saying that figuring those out is a waste of time, counseling's not a waste of time, all that stuff. But if I was fully free and stopped dealing with these insecurities and realized that I could be so secure in God's love, how would I lay my life down more? Would I see more kingdom fruit in my life? I think so. And so I want to share a story to begin. This was probably a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago. Um, I was on a run. I run. It's awesome. You should try it. It hurts really bad. Um, Tuesdays, I was on a run, I was on a run on a Tuesday, and I'm a dad of two, and so my schedule, I mean, everyone has a different capacity, but my thing on Tuesday, it's like ding, 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 so I have a run. And normally, this run is awesome and super planned, and, because I get to run, and then I have just enough time to get home, shower, and then go to staff meeting, and so I normally show up sweaty or wet. I am probably like, I I start curving onto my street at the end of my run, right? So in my head, I'm out of nowhere. Like I turn off music, I do the last hour without music, just so I can, whatever. So I am no music, and I'm turning around on my street, and I'm thinking about, okay, I'm gonna get ready, I'm gonna go. All of a sudden, I had this thought that felt like the enemy, but we'll see. Had this thought, all of a sudden, just normal, good, beautiful day, running. You do not have an earthly father. You're like, well, yeah, I, I know that, but all of a sudden, and 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 without getting into it too much, we'll touch on it a little bit. My dad has been uh, absent for many years. I grew I grew up with both parents in the church. They both of them taught me how to love the Lord, but the second half, absent father, and so it's like I know this, and actually. We're going to get into this in a little bit with some testimonies. I've been, I really would say things come up, but I've had so much healing from that. Thank you, God. I've had so much healing. I truly don't think I walk around as like a broken person in that regard. But, and so the, the, those thoughts have happened before, whether it's something in the natural or something with someone else's father or something. And nine out of ten times when I get that thought, I actually, it's kind of cool. I just, in my secret place with the Lord, I instantly start thanking him for who he is, that I've been set free. Actually, a phrase we use is strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Those times when that thought comes, that's what happens. I start strengthening myself in the Lord. But this time was different. I felt, so I felt like the enemy, like, is the enemy just like, well, you don't have a dad. It's like, okay, cool, I'm on to run. Like, you can't get me, whatever. But I thought it was the enemy, but then I felt like, from the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I want you to feel this for a little bit. I was like, Oof. So I hear that. I want you to feel this for a little bit. And what I felt was the heart of Jesus being sad with me. He's like, I actually want to feel this with you. This is not how I designed it. I'm sad with you. Instantly started crying, both eyeballs out. Insane crying. Insane crying. Half of it felt kind of cool because if you drove past, they were probably like, dude, that guy's probably on mile 30 just like ripping down, <laughs> right? No, but when I talk about ugly cry, it was like, but also like I was running slow, so I just looked probably really crazy if you saw me. Weeping, weeping, but super random. Weeping out of sadness, but then I felt the Holy Spirit. Then, honestly, to this day, I can count on like one hand, maybe like two fingers, this was one time that was the most physical of God, the Father's love, I've ever felt. I was running like, it was crazy. I go into the shower, I go into the shower, I don't want to pay, whatever. I was buckled over getting ready the whole time because I felt the weightiness of God's love. He's like, I, I, you, I, you felt it, you felt it, I felt it with you, this is not how you're designed. I'm sad that this is real. I didn't design this to happen. But you are secure because God love his my love for you as the Father is, and I, I want you to feel it. It's like whoa. So then I go to staff meeting and I I, I pray with Alex and it's crazy. But I will say after that, it felt really random because it's not like I've been walking around just like I need the love of the Father, which we all do. It was just super random. I was on that was for you, wasn't it? It was a, it was a, that's our little voice. Um, But uh, I just felt really random for two weeks. I kept kind of asking the Lord, what what was that? Like, thank you. That was amazing. I feel so tender. It's like every time I would think about him, it would be the same thing. It was crazy. It was what I felt back there. It's really crazy and feels awesome to be loved by God. Woo! Sorry. Here we go. If this is what I'm like in public, can you imagine what I'm like in private? Sometimes... And it's available for you. Even if just one person gets set free this morning. I've been asking the Lord, what is this? And he got really practical. A a, a few days I'd ask him and I'd say, hey, like, what is this? And he just wouldn't, he would just be like, love. I'd be like, I want to know. It was random. Can you tell me? Then, um, I felt very specifically, I gotta move on here, sorry. But, thank you. Uh, I felt like super practically, I started thinking, um, I started realizing after that encounter, this is how my brain works, I'm gonna just use this phrase, I've tried to think of something better, but whatever, it's a funny phrase in my opinion, I'm using it as a joke. In ministry, in my life, in my family, my, I would say, my superpower. So when I say superpower, think about what you are good at, your talent, the way you connect with God the most comfortably. My superpower is in seasons, I feel like with wisdom, I try my best to know what the word of the Lord is in that season for my family. Like if for this couple months. I may not have major like year vision, but I do have like the word of the Lord. And this, I share this because this is big for our church. And I love this. I think our church values the word of the Lord. A lot of you are like, what is the word of the Lord for my season? It's a big deal, but we're going to learn some stuff and how we can be mature in different ways. I started realizing, oh, like, I feel like I, my superpower is gone. I even asked the Lord, I was like, you're still speaking to me because on, when I pray about the worship team, when I pray about a, a set list, I'm getting things from you. On Sundays, I'll get a prophetic word. So I'm like, okay, you're speaking to me, but in this comfortable, super powery way, I feel like you're not speaking to me about my vision and, and, and life. And then he was like, I'm going to tell you why that encounter happened. It's because in some seasons, I want to give you the word of the Lord. But sometimes I give you the word of the Lord, and then you run, and you do the things, and then, you, and then insecurities come up, and you don't know how to be rooted in my love When I give you a word, not all the time. And so he was actually like the word of your life right now is to be rooted and grounded in the father's love. That there's a fresh season to experience the love of the father in a deep, deep way. And through that, I started feeling, oh, yeah, there is a little insecurity there. That if I were, it's very inefficient way to lead. I don't really know what the word is, but let's just have love. Love. It's how many of you know it's important? But when you're like leading and you're leading you're like is this enough? Is this is is it? And more than ever the Lord's like yes, this is a season. So I'm this is what's going on in my life and I'm inviting you guys into we need to experience the Father's love. Cuz here is what will happen if we do not. We will find all of our identity, all of our security and all these things around us. And I've noticed this in, in the West. Being a professional Christian, you can come to church and be really okay with Jesus. He's the teacher. I'm going to hear from Alex. Um, he sounds a lot like Jesus, so that's my Jesus. So I'm going to, like, learn from this. And then the Holy Spirit, yeah, experience him in the worship. That's awesome. Uh, but then, so you get really good at doing stuff with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But then you have these little things things where like throughout the week you're finding identity in money in things that you're buying all these different things and then you start to realize oh actually and dare i say i'm probably gonna get in trouble for this you can't pin him against it's the trinity but i actually think i need a father jesus jesus came to reveal the father but somehow i've stopped of just being like we're peers And actually, I'm pretty mature, and I have things. My wife said this. It was so simple but so powerful. She's like, I love my dad. I love the father figures in my life, but almost just out of maturity and being a mom and different things, I've almost weaseled my way out of really needing a father. I know him as God, and he's, like, awesome, but just, like, this constant place of being a child. I don't don't need that. Now, it's hard to talk about this stuff at some level because I have to be honest, it's pretty impossible to not find the love of the Father being related to an earthly father, right? Because we call them the same things. It's pretty hard to do. But we also know that in the Bible, there's no place in the Bible that says, find your worth from this person, and that's how you'll find it from God. No, you actually see that you, the love of the Father being secure in there, understanding what you're designed for, is actually how you get the love of the Father. And how do you do that? If you're not a Christian, you find it in what you do, in what you, uh, what you think, the things that you buy and accomplish. But for believers, we find the love of the Father strictly through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, what He did on the cross, what He purchased—that's where you will find your identity. Matthew twenty-three nine, uh, Jesus actually—he kind of—he goes directly at this. I like this in the message. Actually, it's really good in the NIV too. It says, "Don't let people do that to you." He's talking about titles and teachers and not clinging to these titles. It says, "Don't let people do that to you. Put you on a pedestal like that. You all have a single teacher." And you all have classmates. Don't set people up as experts over your life, letting them tell you what to do. Save that authority for God. Let him tell you what to do. No one else should carry the title of father. You have only one father, and he's in heaven. And don't let people maneuver you into taking charge of them. There's only one, I love this, life leader for you, and that is Christ. Growing up, I would sometimes see, like, I just got to be honest, I grew up very Pentecostal, and sometimes it'd be, like, this, like, nomad, like, I don't need a father, I don't need a pastor, I don't need this thing, I don't need, this, because this, this passage. No, it's good, like, we, we also hear, honor your mother and father, so, so Christ is not confused. He's actually saying, your one true source of identity, who you get everything from, is God the Father. Amen? And so really, I've heard another scholar say this, that that word father is come forth from. In your life, don't say you come forth from anything else but Christ. Oh, like I work at this job, and so my identity, I come forth because of this. I come forth because of what's in my bank account. Fill in the blank. You come forth from the love of the father. Our roots come back to the beginning, being found in the image of God. But what happens when we aren't that is we are only okay if the people around us are saying the right things. And what we're saying is we're actually not fulfilled here, so we're looking for fulfillment here. And church is very easy to do this in. You can come, like I said, participate and perform without becoming. I was maybe a little bigger than you thought. You can actually come and participate and perform, and, and you created all these hoops for people to jump in, and a lot of times those people don't know what those hoops are. And really what you're doing is you're looking for this to fulfill you, but really what you're saying is this isn't fulfilling you. And insecurities rise up in your heart, and really you start performing for God. So you're continually drinking from dry cups, one cup after another. But then here's the good news that will probably set some of you free. Do you remember when Jesus said this? He sat down with a Samaritan woman and he said, if you asked me for a drink, it would be living water. He said, this drink, you will never be thirsty again. That you are walking around drinking from other cisterns, other cups, and this is what we do with our identity is we walk around drinking these dry cups when really Christ nailed it, and he said there's one cup, and if you drink from this living water. And what is he saying? Because he's here to reveal the Father. He's saying that everything that you thirst for, everything that you're looking for significance in is found in the Father. If you fully understand what he thinks about you and your identity is secure, you don't base it off of your circumstances and how people can perform for you, you will never be thirsty again. How many of you have, have, have gone after things? It could be just buying things. It could be, I need to only go to these restaurants. My spouse needs to be, and you start drinking from that cup and you have to sustain what's in that cup and you get, you get really thirsty. Has anyone ever experienced that? Okay. I think we have like three honest people in the room. Um, I'm already all over the place. Um, but this is, I'm going to jump ahead here. This is super practical. There's a lot here, but I'm going to just, because I want to get into some prayer at the end. So I started seeing insecurities rise up out of that, the crying like a baby running story where I was feeling his love, but the insecurity was actually, you feel like you might not be a good leader if you don't have the word of the, of the Lord, a specific thing. And all these insecurities started coming up. And I started realizing, I need the love of the Father. And so, real quick, the love of the Father, who the Father is, what does he offer? I had a friend recently say this, and it was so awesome. He said, the, like, I asked all these people this week, why do you think you need the love of the Father? What does the Father do for you that you really need in this season? A good, perfect Father reminds you of why you were designed, and through that, he will give you the values of your life. And the Father gives you encouragement and correction, a lot of times at the same time, of walking throughout life, monitoring those values. Where you start going through life, and you're like, I'm going to pick up this cup again, that's dry, but you're gonna, I'm going to see if anything's in there again. And you need a father. You don't need the worship. You don't need Jake on a guitar in your living room. You don't need Alex's, like, devotional. That's awesome. Because hopefully those reveal the Father. What you need to learn is how to be with him. And you need to learn to be with him. And in those moments, you actually say, oh, I'm drinking from this. I need you to tell me what you think about me. I need you to tell me something about my situation. Because this insecurity is rising up. Insecurity is just security, wrong security exposed. And God will bring things to the surface saying, hey, you're actually one foot's on this and this is a security that I'm exposing. But you were called to not live in weakness, but you were called to be strong and and live on a solid rock. So insecurities are just a security that you're going on to that's being exposed that actually, oh, what is the opposite of that? And so I want to just walk through some things. I just made this list. This is where you could probably like take some notes. I think I don't know. I don't know what we're doing to be honest. I promise I'll lead worship next week. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is I'm actually doing a really good job. Okay. Uh. Uh. I'm just gonna just I was gonna I was gonna unpack all these, but I'm just gonna do this. Uh, insecure people they spend a lot of their time comparing themselves to others. They fear strong, gifted people. They only uh, feel comfortable around people who need them. They need to control everyone in their world. They build cases against people in their minds to feel better about themselves. Take people's compliments of others as an insult to them. You start thinking way more about me instead of us. You're overly self-conscious. That's me a lot of times. And you're constantly living in conflict. Confident people celebrate others. So even while I read these, just let God do any adjusting that he needs. Are comfortable around gifted, powerful people. They actually love empowering people. They spend a lot of time thinking about the destiny of others. They actually see themselves as a catalyst for the destiny of other people. They love themselves and are comfortable with who they are. Are vulnerable with their weaknesses, flaws. They really enjoy seeing other people honored, and they live in peace. A couple that I wanted to really dive deep in, just for a second, because I see these in my life. These are probably the most common in the church. Jealousy. What does jealousy uh, do in a believer's life? I would argue jealousy. If you struggle with jealous, a jealous Christian just doesn't know who they are. It's misplaced identity. So we're going to find out what God thinks about us. Perfectionism. You hold such a high standard of yourself. And actually, practically, practically in my life, I've seen perfectionism. What it does is it constantly looks like me talking about myself and telling people all the cool things I have are done. Because internally, I'm trying to show myself that I'm perfect. When really, as a believer, most of your life is actually being dependent on God and his actions on the cross is actually what defines you more than what you do in life. The perfection is not the goal, but being consistently dependent on God is the really cool thing to do, actually. Fear of failure so crippled from stepping out. And really what this is, it's the fear of death. You're so afraid to die, whether it's physically or so afraid to die in, in light of what people would think about you that you won't even step out. But actually, cross, uh, Christ nailed that thing to the cross so that you can now be bold and confident. So you can actually step out. Because you were made for the impossible. fear of man. Your identity is tied to whatever you do. There was was kind of a pretty dark season in my life that I was going through, and Andoni helped me through this thing very simply. He's like, hey, here's all the stuff. And very simply, he just said, oh, you believe that everything that you do is a statement about who you are. That's a lie, right? What we do really matters and how we clean up messes and how we think. But the thing is, is that actually the cross speaks... Something better over me, Amen. Fear of missing out is a big one. So you're afraid that you do not fit in. But the good news is today is that you were actually fully made to fit into Him. You weren't made to fit in with people because if you're fulfilled here, now you can just love people and your friends. They they you have your close friends, but then you actually are free from yourself and you know who to love in certain seasons. And you're not so worried about where you fit in because you fit into Christ. Hopefully this is speaking to like, yeah, whatever. So what I want to move towards, that was a lot. What I want to move towards is this. I want to share one more quick story, and then we're going to listen and pray. Because a lot of this, in my mind, I was like, how, How? okay, God, I'm going through this. Clearly, I'm figuring it out as we go. We're figuring this out together. Clearly, I'm in this season. But what he came to, what he brought to mind were these times in my life that were almost, dare I say, traumatic events. These things that actually, because a lot of insecurity, what it is, is it's something that happened to us or through us in the past. And now when we step into new situations, that thing's holding on to us and we can't be free. So then you're, a, you're trying to escape that thing. But how many of you know that if you invite God into a situation that is holding you back and he gives you a better word, you can be set free? So this is a really cool story. This is a testimony, and then we're going to practice this. The testimony is this. I have so many stories like this. this is, I, I truly would say this is how I feel like I've been set free from that, the absence of a father. The day that Becky and I got married was one of the first times I was going to see my dad in years. And he said he was going to come. And to be honest, I've already been so healed up for him that I was like, I'm more just sad for him. I'm sad that he's missing out on my kids and all these kind of things. And so there was a period of time, this is this is going to be breakthrough for somebody. Ask the Lord for this. There was a period of time I stopped crying because of my dad and I started crying for him. When that shifted, something happened. So... uh. He super last minute dad decided not to come. If you came to my wedding, this is not just like a movie thing. This is trust me, this is not just something that I would be like our wedding was awesome and I'm believing this happened. I think if you came to our wedding, you remember a time it was stormy all morning. I remember I was eating with my bachelor party at this Mexican restaurant and we were eating looking out the window and it was like hailing. We were like in our suits and we we're like this is crazy. Becky comes, it clears up a little bit for us to have the wedding. Becky comes out and goes to the end of the aisle, and the sun legitimately comes up directly on her. And so if you remember from our wedding, it was a cool thing. It was like, whoa, cool. Probably like two years, probably two years later, this was not like a week later, and I got to be honest, I wasn't like, I was sad my dad wasn't there, but I wasn't like crushed. I just got married, and I was about to do married things. So... Uh, so I was actually pumped. I was excited. Probably two years later, I'm in a worship set, kind of like what happened back there. I was actually laying down on the ground, and I'm laying down, and this is how good God is. And he's going to do this for some of you very soon. I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, I see this big, I want to say the A word, but I don't, I don't cuss on stage. This really big Eagle picks me up, this is all like prophetic, like in my mind's eye, this eagle picks me up off the ground, his talon throws me on his back. I can picture this like, it, it's crazy. This is real to me. And he and I'm on the back of this eagle. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. I knew this was God the Father as an eagle. The first big healing thing for something privately, but I'll, I'll tell you the nugget, was we're going through the forest and and he was drilling in on me that i can trust him because we were seeing everything from like he's like this is how i see your world i can see everything and you think that like i can't see your little thing and he it was this this so much confidence and security of this is who your father is that i can see everything i'm like cool stop there and it was just awesome but then we're in this forest and this eagle i can pick i can see the eagle's feathers i'm on his back it's like narnia it was awesome we hover over the, this open space in the forest, and I'm watching my wedding again. And I look down, and I'm like, whoa, this is two years later. I was not hurting from this. This is how good God is. He just jumps in, and he's like, hey, we're going to heal this thing. Because whether you know, you're not crippled by this, this wedding, but every time you think back, the one of the things that comes to mind is dad wasn't there. But dad was there. So we're up there and we're watching, and I see Becky, my sweet bride, come out. And I see this big eagle hit his wing and he goes, and he clears open all these clouds. And he said, Hey, do you remember when the sun came out? That was me saying, I approve of your marriage. That God the Father was there. There's another specific time when I remember specifically, I was going to school, the the day that my dad actually left. And God took me back there and he showed me where he was at in the room. And Christ Jesus got his hand and he went. Phew. And then I remember thinking when that happened, when I was like 13, I remember thinking, God has to be my dad now. And that was right when he went, Phew. So a major part of this is learning how to be with God. You can only get those stories if you learn how to be with God. I'm sorry. You can maybe get it through a worship song. You can maybe get it through a teaching. You ha- it's called the secret place for a reason. You have anniversaries. Like when I first met Becky, we were close. And then we had a five-year anniversary. And we looked back and we built a history. And then how many of you know, not to get graphic, but here we go. You, you know us intimately. But there's things that happen behind closed doors. That, and that's where our real love is displayed. It's beautiful. Do you have that with God? The way that you get rid of insecurities is you build the secret place like that. You don't become a professional Christian and do these things. You actually learn how to be with him. And so I, I what I couldn't shake, Lord help, what I couldn't shake at all was this, was I, this was yesterday. I was like, how is this going to end? Because I feel like I'm going to do what I just did and just blabber. So how does this end? And and this is so cool how God, like, did this thing. He brought up, well, I want people to experience what you did. That's why I want you to share that we're like, hey, we're going to ask God what he thinks about us. And maybe Holy Spirit will bring up this thing that has held you back. And then I'm going to speak to you. And then totally bring healing. It's it's one churchy phrase we use, it's listening prayer. Some of you have done this, but I was like, I want to do listening prayer with the whole church. And in my mind, I said, who does that? Moore does that. I could not shake off, oh, I'm going to, I want to lead listening prayer with the guys for Moore. And that's how I want to end. It's pretty simple. And we're going to take communion. And so some of you may have never done this before, but we're going to, I want to lead us through some prayer of asking the Lord what he thinks about us. Reveal any dry cup that maybe we're going after. Because once again, all of this is for the work of his kingdom so that you can be set free and be so loved that now you can love the people around you. Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store, or visit our website.